Section 11 of Birds and All Nature, Volume 7, Number 3, March 1900. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tavarish. Linen Fabrics. W. E. Watt. A. M. We had just taken that delightful ride down the rapids of the St. Lawrence, and experienced the thrill of mingled pleasure and fear which every one has at the moment when the vessel is dashing at a furious rate directly towards a great rock, and we were sure that someone had made a mistake for once and no power could save us from being dashed in pieces when a sudden whirling current of the stream picked the ship out of the way of the rock and carried her safely through the boiling foam into a place of comparative safety. As we stood among the sea-going shipping of the port of Montreal, we could easily understand why there should be such a great city there. We took but little stock in what had been said of the great business enterprise of the early settlers of that town, and how they built up the place till it became a great seaport and an important commercial centre. No doubt they were able and enterprising men, but Montreal was made by nature the greatest and most important seaport of Canada by the peaceful, deep river and its formidable rapids. Since no ships can sail up those rapids, the boats that came from Europe and all over the earth were obliged to tie up there and discharge their cargoes. Wherever there is a ledge of rock to stop the coming up of vessels from the sea, there is always an important town to receive what those ships bring and to distribute it over the country round about. We went aboard a ship that had just come in from France, loaded with cases of wines. As the wines were being carried ashore at some of the gangways, loads of something else were being brought aboard at others. This stuff was done up in sacks longer than a man and very heavy. It took several men to handle a sack. They were so careless about it that we wondered that they did not fear breaking the contents of the sacks. Then we wondered more what sort of stuff could be shipped to Europe in such sacks and in such great quantities. We inquired, and it took some little time to make the inquiry, for the men who did the work spoke something that sounded like French, but our school French did not suit them. We could find no one at hand who spoke English. We learned that the sacks contained oil cake. Linen has been woven since records of what man has done have been kept. Some historians claim that cotton is the oldest fabric and give instances of old records of its use in India and China. Others claim woolen goods to be the oldest and yet others claim the honor for linen. Whoever looks into the matter extensively will be inclined to give the credit to whichever fabric he studies most, but it is likely that the fig leaf will be credited with the greatest age as a fabric by most people. The seed of flax is ground fine, either roasted or raw, and placed under heavy hydraulic pressure. 
This brings out the oil, which is a very important article called linseed oil. The cake is valuable for feeding cattle, and the oil is used in all kinds of painting where the painted surface has to stand against the weather. Most of the flax raised in America is cultivated for the seed mainly. In Ohio, three pecks of seed are sown to the acre, and from six to twelve bushels are harvested. There is also a ton or two of straw to the acre, which is used at the rope walks and paper mills. Linen paper is peculiarly valuable. The mummies of Egypt were swathed in linen, and much of this cloth is now in an excellent state of preservation, although at least 4,000 years have sped since its manufacture. While Joseph was in bondage, cloth was woven, which is still in existence. There was once some question as to whether certain mummy cloth was of cotton or linen, but that has been definitely settled by the use of powerful lenses. The microscope shows that a fiber of cotton is flat and curly, like a ribbon, somewhat crinkled, and like a fine ribbon has a beautiful border which differs from the rest of the fiber. A fiber of flax has a glassy luster and is not flat like cotton, but rather like an extremely fine bamboo rod, cylindrical and jointed. When these facts were learned regarding the two fibers, the cloth under suspicion was placed under the glass and showed unmistakably that it was round, transparent, and jointed. So there could no longer be any doubt that the ancient coverings of the dead in Egypt were all of linen with no mixture of cotton even when cotton was well known. The dead could not be buried in cerements of wool because there was a strict law against it, the wool being supposed to invite worms. The remarkable preservation of the cloth is largely due to the fact that it was well smeared with wax and asphaltum. But the fibers of flax resist decay to such an extent that in the ordinary process of preparing flax for spinning it is moistened and left exposed to such an extent that if it were as easy to decay as cotton it would become rotten before the time for spinning. The earliest records of the business of preparing this useful fabric are those of the Egyptians as cut in stone on their ancient monuments. In their hieroglyphs and illustrations they have left us a complete representation of all their arts and the processes of gathering flax, rotting off the bark and coating of the fibers, cleaning the material by striking with clubs or whipping it against stones, straightening the fibers, twisting them into threads, and weaving cloth are all beautifully pictured and described. When William the Conqueror invaded England, his wife Matilda made a record of the principal events of his life by embroidering upon a linen strip twenty inches wide and two hundred and fourteen feet long figures of men, boats, animals, weapons, and other interesting objects using woolen thread and depicting all with great clearness and accuracy. 
the bishop of Oda assisted her husband at the battle of hastings and in remembrance of his kindness matilda presented the work to the cathedral of bayo it is now preserved in the public library of that city two hundred years ago there were spinning schools in germany the teacher sat with a wand in her hand and tapped the children near her when they lapsed into idleness and when she noticed any of those at some distance from her not at work she rang a little bell for an attendant to enter and take the offenders out of the room for the purpose of punishment the old dutch settlers in new york made what was called linsey woolsey this was a sort of cloth made with linen warp filled in with woolen woof it was better than all wool goods because it held its shape better and was stronger this material was much worn by the early inhabitants of america abraham lincoln being one of those who were well satisfied with home-made garments of this fabric irving in his knickerbocker's history of new york claimed that some of the dutchmen whose names ended in Burk, were so called because of some peculiarity pertaining to their breeches for instance tenbroek took his name from the rare distinction of his possessing and wearing at the same time ten pairs of linsey woolsey breeches when people began to show their prosperity by purchasing cloth made up more beautifully than the product of the homestead loom they had to endure the remarks of others who affected to despise the man who was so extravagant as to care to dress in store cloth so recent is the use of this old-fashioned material that we find in one of louisa alcott's essays to girls the statement that quote, modesty is as sweet in linsey woolsey as in linen end quote the greatest country in the world for the production of linen of the best quality is ireland flax there reaches a height often exceeding two feet and the soil and climate seem to be the very best for maturing the fiber and manipulating it when gathered in traveling through the country i saw a great deal of what at first glance seemed to be some sort of grain lying on the ground spoiling in the rain I soon realized that this was flax, and that it was left out on the ground purposely to give the pulp and bark a chance to rot away from the fiber. Dew retting is letting the flax lie in the heavy dews of Ireland till the work is done. Soil on which flax is raised is rapidly made poor unless the richness that is taken from it in the flax is restored to it in some way most of this richness is in the seed and the part of the stalk that is removed in the retting where this gets back to the soil there is little else to be added sometimes the flax is retted in small pools and the water saved to put upon the ground though the flax is more discolored by this process than where the work is done in running water recently steam heat and vapor have been used to soften the stalks and then the air pump draws the pulp away from the fiber so that 
what once took several weeks to do is now done in a few hours by the old process the fiber was sometimes left stacked dry for years with constant improvement in quality the irish people who are so proud of their island point with additional pride to what some of their linen towns have done as we were riding past the little village of bessbrook a clergyman took pains to point out to us the evidence of thrift he said that town lacked three p's that are very troublesome to other towns all over the world they were the pawn shop the public house and the police the good character of the people made these entirely unnecessary for their town but these good qualities are not universal there for in some of the larger places intemperance is remarkably bad we saw the work in all its stages at belfast queen victoria gets her table linen from that city and we saw several pieces in the loom that had the royal arms upon them to get the finest fabric the fibre is kept moist in both spinning and weaving nothing can be more beautiful than the silky transparent stuffs made there dry spinning is done where a coarse and heavy grade of goods is desired american visitors in ireland especially the gentlemen plan to bring home as large a quantity of linen colors cuffs and handkerchiefs as the customs officers will allow to pass at new york free of duty the finest linen goods are called lawns and this name is a modification of the french word linon which sounds more like lawn when spoken properly the french made many fine articles from all sorts of fibers and seem to have recovered from the blow to their industries which came on the revocation of the edict of nantes some writers claim that nearly half a million skilled workers in fabrics left that country in the years around sixteen eighty eight while the battle of waterloo was raging near brussels and the people of rank were so strongly affected by the thunder of the guns of all europe there were thousands of women young and old in that city and within hearing of the great contest who kept right on with their work making laces they knew somebody would win the day and there would be a market for all sorts of finery and the linen laces of belgium were of much importance to society there are many kinds of laces made in brussels but the kind you most see as you pass along the streets is that being made on little cushions by women sitting before their shops and houses with one eye upon their work and the other on those who are passing hoping to get an american to pay a large price for something that he thinks he has seen made it is not an unheard-of thing for an american to buy off one of these attractive lace-makers lace that came from the machines of nottingham england for machine-made lace is much cheaper than that made by hand pillar lace was probably invented by barbara utman in the middle of the sixteenth century she lived in st annaberg germany and was a woman of great natural ability 
she was highly honored by the saxons who state with pride that when she died at the age of sixty she had seen sixty-four of her own children and grandchildren point lace of the old sort was the highest form of needle art holy men of old gave their lives to architecture believing they could give glory to god by work in stone beautifully carved and set in the walls of monasteries and cathedrals so it happened that in the thirteenth century the works of their hands reached the highest point in architecture so beautiful is their work even now that those who have studied the subject but little know the date of a building when they see its windows but a century later the nuns had done something of the same sort they had produced from the fine fibers of flax marvelous designs of fleecy lace fabrics that were the wonder of christendom their art was buried with them a point lace is made today but it is far from the excellence of the original work which was a constant prayer of those who gave their lives to the making of it a yankee boy of twenty erastus bigelow thought it would be a good thing to try to invent a way of making coach lace by machinery in forty days he was producing lace at three cents a yard which had cost twenty-two cents then he invented a loom for ingrain carpets this made eight yards a day instead of three that the looms of the time made in making brussels carpet he made his chief triumph seven yards a day was considered a good day's work but he made a machine that produced twenty-five yards of much better quality in the same time he received one hundred thousand dollars for his patents the body of brussels carpet is built on a foundation of linen End of section 11